Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about the parable of the ten virgins and their lamps. We have ten unmarried ladies waiting upon a bridegroom. They all fall asleep. But five were foolish and carried extra oil, and five were not, and five were wise and had a reserve. The parable can easily leave people with a false impression of a sort of do-it-yourself religion. That yes, we're, of course, we are saved by faith, but you have to do your part. We must see to our own spiritual needs. We must fill our oil lamps. It is quintessential decision theology of God does most of the work, but you still have your part to play. The problem is that parable is about preparedness, not about oil. Our parable today is much like it. It is preparedness, but it is preparedness being joined to courage for action, for profit in the kingdom of God. Here our Lord tells about servants who are entrusted, one with five talents, one with two talents, and one with one talent, the talent being about a year's wage, if you account for today's wages being about $50,000, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You're talking about one servant being given about $250,000. The other one gets $100,000, and the last one gets $50,000. He's going to go on a long trip, and so he leaves almost a half a million dollars to be invested behind, almost as a 401k, so to speak probably take a lot of faith to leave that kind of money in the hands of servants. And some had, he had, he had more, what would you say, more faith in some servants than he did in others. You can see that his faith is pretty well placed. One went right to work. He risked an investment of some sort. He traded with those goods. He earned twice the investment. Well done. Good and faithful servant. The second one did the same. He didn't have as much money to, to, to start with, but, but the, the percentage is the same. They both made more. And in giving and in making more, they were then rewarded with more. They were rewarded with greater responsibility. All except one. One of them didn't do anything. He says he blames the master for it, too. He's like, I knew you were a hard man. Right? He was scared, jealous, lazy, impudent, wicked. I don't really care what his excuses were. A lot of people, I suspect, are sort of like that. You see, the Lord God is a hard master. His way is difficult. He tells us that. The way is narrow, says Jesus. And so a lot of people, I suspect, believe that they're okay. They are servants of the Lord God Almighty, like our, our five unwise virgins. They are invited to the party. They know about Jesus. They know everything about Jesus, or at least they think they do, but they think that they are so very safe when it comes to eternal life. And after all, they were baptized. They endured confirmation. They even come to church every once in a while when it suits them, Christmas, Easter, baptisms, weddings, you know, cool stuff. They drop a check here and there. Probably not a full tithe, but you know, can't buy your way into heaven, right? <laughs> they know Jesus. Jesus and I have an understanding, they say. I can't tell you how many people I've met in public 
when they find out I'm a pastor, they're like, hey, I, I like Jesus. Me, he and I got an understanding, though, man. We, I was like, sure you do. Did you get that in writing from the Lord God himself, right? And what they mean is my wife and Jesus take care of all the spiritual stuff in my life, and I kind of do a little, little here and a little there. I mind the kids, right? I tell them, you know, go to church, mind your mother, stay in school, don't do drugs, or don't do a lot of drugs. Do the right drugs, whatever. Because me and Jesus, we got a, we got an understanding. A lot of folks think they're real secure. And all of those gifts of time and talent and resources just stuck, buried in the ground. Just waiting on Judgment Day. Come audit day, they'll be fine, right? They'll go to their little plot of the ground and they'll they'll dig up their little coin and they'll take it to Jesus and go, look, I didn't lose a single penny. It's all right there. Nice, simple, easy religious life. Nice and safe like everybody likes. No risk. And what's more important, no loss. Didn't lose a thing. Of course, Jesus isn't talking about money. Jesus is talking about faith. He's talking about hope. Love. Charity. Kindness. Abilities. The cure to loneliness, depression, anxiety, blessings of life and life in abundance given unto his servants, given unto his church. So many of those abilities laying dormant, dead in the ground. Jesus is talking about people. He's talking about a way of our way of life, how we disciple, how we lead. You lead people. You do. I know sometimes you don't think you do. It's a lot easier to think you don't. (laughs) It's significantly easier to think no one's paying attention to me. No one's taking their lead from me. But you do. You who are people of faith have people watching you around all of the time. And sometimes, sometimes that's official. You know, some of you are parents, some of you are grandparents and aunts and uncles. You have official roles in somebody's life. You're elders and Stephen ministers. But some of you don't have these official spiritual roles in people's lives. Sometimes you're just a friend or a Roman or a countryman. It's a, it's a significantly less official status, but it does not mean that it's any less important in the life of those that God has put in front of us. How purposeful are we with that discipleship? How much do we risk? Discipleship, as we've talked about, we talked about this last year, Sometimes it bugs me when I let things drop, right? What is discipleship? It is unhurried time added with proximity 
and then multiplied by some sort of an activity. By being with people, and you have to be with people, there's so many of them. (laughs) We are with people. And then you add to that proximity, and then you add some sort of an activity to that. That is what discipleship is. And God likes risks. We can risk our relationships. And God doesn't mind it. God likes risk. God likes to take little shepherd boys and turn them into kings. It was a risk that God took in sending his son, his beloved son, unto earth in order to be crucified and die for the sins of the world. And yes, that plan of salvation worked out swimmingly, but from a human point of view, it seemed kind of a foolhardy thing to do. Most human stockholders would have not have voted for such a scheme. They would have flinched at the last minute. They'd have laid off workers and they'd hoped for the best. That's pretty much what the worthless servant did. He retreated from the responsibility. He ignored the challenge. He probably thought he was being prudent in doing so. All the while, the master had wanted for and had planned for him to be bold, to advance beyond the accepted practices, to risk for the sake of the kingdom. We ought to risk for the sake of the kingdom. When we find our return of our master's wealth, we find is more wealth, not more money, but people. Investing in people, gaining interest in human terms. That, that is our business. The church is indeed the people of God in, with, and under the people of the world. When we invest in the gifts that God has given unto us, whether it be biblical wisdom or prayer or sacrifice, when we risk to talk about Jesus with somebody, when we read our Bibles with them, when we lead them in prayers, when we visit the sick, when we feed the hungry. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this, and I haven't heard it in a while, so I'm not calling anybody out, and I'm looking at the ceiling just to be sure, but I cannot tell you how many times I've heard people say, I couldn't come to church today because I had visitors from out of town. Bring them to church! Unless, of course, you're afraid that they're going to steal from you while you're at church, and then don't let them come over. They're not nice people. This is what you do on your Sunday morning. Bring them to church. When my parents come and visit me on Friday night, I take them out with me. It's like, come on, we're going to go do what we're going to do. Serve those. Be their friends. Be with them. Serve, serve those people who can never repay us. And then we realize that all the talents that have been given unto us, it's not for ourselves, but those talents have been invested by our Lord God into us that we might invest those talents within the sake of people around us. And then we use those for good things. And we discover a feeling of worth, the likes of which cannot be calculated. To some people, it looks like bad business. But to God, the head of our corporation... There's nothing can really go wrong with it. And yes, there are setbacks and there are downturns. And sometimes you you invest your talents in people who just aren't interested in anything that you have to say. And you can say, hey, you know, I know you've been going through a difficult time. Can I pray for you? And they're like, man, I don't want, I don't, I don't believe in your God. I want to pray with you. Okay. I'm going to pray for you anyway. Because I love you. What are they going to say? Stop loving me. 
I want to wallow in my self-pity. Your, I'm trying to get at here, your investment in people is safe because it's not really your capital. It's God's. God has invested in you and you thereby turn that love of God that he has given unto you, right? We forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. That, that works for all of the rest of the talents and the gifts that we have been given, right? We take that love that God has infused into us we appreciate it, we see it, it warms us, and then he directs us back out into the world and go, go and do likewise. This is what the priesthood of, of all believers really means. It doesn't mean that we're all pastors, we're supposed to be doing word and sacrament ministry every week, and next week it's your turn to preach. It means we take that love of God and invest it in those around us in kingdom work. And we are assured by our chief executive officer, by our accountant in heaven, that we have been paid in full by the Son of our Lord Jesus Christ who has forgiven us of all of our sins and every time we do it wrong and every time we lose any of that capital, it is forgiven. And that our books are in absolute perfect order. Well, we don't think that we can risk offending our guests by praying in a restaurant, when we're too shy to tell people, our neighbors, that we go to church, when we think that we have to pay, play some pagan game of keeping our religion out of our business, we can remind ourselves that there is actually no risk. There is no risk in using our talents for kingdom. We can invest in public and private endeavors and old businesses and fledgling companies. We don't have to worry about what the Joneses think, for we already know what God thinks, and God is approving of our investment. So we don't have to be scared about the world's reactions, nor do we have to be ashamed of our Christianity. We don't have to keep it to ourselves at any place and at any time. If decent ethics are being violated in our workplace, we can find a way to address the problem. If people don't know about Christ, we can walk across the road and we can tell them. Maybe feed them a hamburger first. We have brothers and sisters to gain and talents to use. Don't bury them. Do not be afraid of the gifts that God has planted within you. Use those gifts to spread the wealth around to as many people as you can and let someone else benefit from your good fortune. Christ never kept anything to himself. In fact, our Lord Jesus Christ spent everything he had, emptied himself of life and blood for the benefit of those who love him. And he says, go forth, and do the same. And since he has done that, we have the luxury of risking it all. And we can risk it all. I'm not saying you have to, but I am saying the people have done it. That is, the example has been sent unto us. We know people who have liquidated everything. They liquidated all their estates and headed off estates and headed off into the mission field. You can do that if you'd like. You don't have to. And I'm fine with you staying here too. But there is no limit to the amount that we can God risked everything for us. And nothing, nothing, he says, will be lost. And there's a world to gain. In Jesus' name, amen.